your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day and a great nation, despite the fact that the nation is seriously threatened by all kinds of conflicts all over the world and all over the United States and every political faction, every geographical area. We are uh, in the midst of tremendous conflict. Uh, at the UN, the president spoke today condemning Putin's Russia. Last night, Vladimir Putin spoke and insisted that when he was talking about threatening the West with nuclear weapons, I'm not bluffing. That was the declaration from the inspired leader of the Russian Federation. The Federal Reserve has just raised interest rates by 0.75%. That's as expected. The Dow likes it. The Dow is up, not up spectacularly, but up a little bit. Uh, will we be able to get the soft landing that uh, some economists now predict, not be plunged deep into a horrible recession? Uh, that will probably be unclear, even at the time that people are voting uh, less than two months from now. Uh, and yet they have more than enough reason to vote and to be worried about Joe Biden, particularly the failures on the border. And... Uh, the the idea about what to do, what could actually the president talk about doing or begin to do to try to control the situation so we don't have next year another two million unauthorized entries into the United States. Nobody thinks that's a good thing. Uh, that is something that Jason Riley writes about, I think, very persuasively in The Wall Street Journal. We will get to that. There is also, across the country, there are now 18 states that have taken some kind of action to ban biological males. Yes, they are biological males. They're people with male equipment from uh, competing in women's sports. There is now a, um, a solution to that entire controversy. It's a radical solution. A uh, writer for The Atlantic says the way to deal with this whole thing there shouldn't be separation by sex anyway. The boys' team should play against the girls' teams. The teams should be integrated. I guess that would mean that you have the Los Angeles Clippers playing the Las Vegas Aces or even the Seattle Storm. I mean, really? Uh, are the differences so slight between males and females, so tenuous, so arbitrary? that uh, they should be playing football together. There's actually part of a story, and this is what the whole story in Atlantic is based on, of a, a young woman who was playing high school football, apparently successfully. I think it will be a while before a, a female makes the NFL. The, as coaches, they've got it. As referees, they've got it. Uh, but uh, as a linebacker or even <laughs> more to the point, a lineman, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe Lizzo uh, could uh, could handle that job, but uh, not don't count on it. Uh, the uh, also uh, a kind of a tough day for President Trump, or is it? 
there is a, a new series of lawsuits by the Attorney General of the State of New York, Letitia James. She's announcing she's filing a lawsuit against the Trump company. And that means his children and his associates, and uh, they are already get, uh, having uh, received a guilty plea from Alan Weisselberg, who was actually the chief financial officer for the Trump organization for years. This is uh, not going to put Trump in jail, sure of that, because they are civil charges. They're not criminal charges. So uh, you're not going to be hearing, I think, not at least plausibly, not at least credibly, big Democratic values, uh, rallies where people are chanting, lock him up, lock him up. No one's going to lock him up. But will this damage his presidential campaign? There are conflicting polls. One poll that shows, boom, uh, shows that uh, Ron DeSantis is moving decisively ahead of Trump in the state of Florida. But that's DeSantis' home state. What about the rest of the country? Another poll released just hours ago showing a big Trump lead. We will get to that as well on the Michael Medved Show. But first off... To just set this up, the uh, speech last night by Vladimir Putin was uh, appalling. Uh, he threatened the West directly with the use of tactical nuclear weapons. Does this mean he would uh, bomb New York or London or Paris or Warsaw? Most likely Warsaw. He hates the Poles and they hate him back. That's for sure. But uh, he added the I'm not bluffing, which makes this such a personal thing. He also uh, has mobilized another 300,000 troops. Now, this is not what people had dreaded, which is conscription. The idea that uh, he's going to draft people into the Russian army and they're going to come flowing in and, and uh, help that army recover some of the ground they've lost, the thousands of square miles, literally, that they've lost to the Ukrainians who have been on a winning streak. And uh, 300,000 troops, and he's lost between 70 and 80,000 troops to critical injuries or to death. That doesn't even count the desertions, and there have been lots of those as well. The uh, idea of these 300,000 troops, he's going to be mobilizing reservists. Apparently, they have a uh, program of reserve forces in the Russian army. This would be calling up most of them for the cause in Ukraine. And uh, could that tilt the field of battle? Sure, maybe, who knows? Uh, meanwhile, reports that flights out of Russia are uh, selling out after Putin's speech. Why? Because some of those reservists don't want to join the army with all the uh, uh, criminals and mercenaries who have made up the uh, Russian elite corps that uh, actually are trying to battle to take over Ukraine. The scariest part of what Putin has said, and we'll speak about this with Elliot Cohen, who used to be one of the chief honchos in the Defense Department of the United States. He says that right now, with a cornered Putin, the West faces a simple choice. Either we reduce aid to Ukraine, 
and hand Russia an easy victory or else we finish the job that we have begun together with our allies, most importantly, the Ukrainians. Uh, here is what President Biden said about the ongoing war against Ukraine, the ongoing war to destroy Ukraine. President spoke for about 30 minutes to the United Nations, and this was one of the better speeches of his presidency so far, partially because there is such strong feeling around the world about what this cause means. And uh, we, will, we will get to that coming up, uh, Biden's speech. Uh, the uh, UN chief, uh, Guterres, who Biden is meeting with today, in fact, he already met with him today after giving his speech. He has a busy day, does Joe Biden. But uh, the Secretary General of the United Nations says, our world is in peril. Well, I, again, uh, Jeremy's commentary, and I think it is, thanks, Captain Obvious. Uh, yeah, the, the world is in peril. And what can be done about it? One of the things that I think Americans ought to recognize is that victory is possible in this Ukraine struggle. And there is nothing that could so dramatically reduce the peril in our world as victory over the monstrous evil that the Russians have displayed. We will get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. Check out a long list of history shows at medvidhistorystore.com. This is the Michael Medved Show. And uh, those history shows are available to you free if you become a uh, Medhead Plus member, which means that you're paying a grand total of 22 cents a day, which uh, shouldn't be punishing for anybody, but gives you access to this uh, show in its podcast version without commercials anytime you want it, and gives you access to any of the... Uh, more than a hundred different history programs. The, the important thing about the history programs is it reminds us that we are living and making our own history and that's very clear with this war that is going on between, uh, it's not between Russia and Ukraine, it's between Russia and civilization, Russia and sanity and decency. And uh, Pope Francis uh, did a general audience in St. Peter's Square, and he called the nuclear threats by Putin, which were very direct, a, they, uh, he called it madness. And uh, he went on to speak passionately, the Pope, uh, about the horrors of what's going on in Ukraine and talking about uh, meeting some of the survivors of some of the mass killings and the mass graves and the mass torture and uh, the attempts to obliterate and who knows how profound the dangers would be uh, even for people living nearby in Russia but they're talking about hitting with missiles and with uh, artillery fire nuclear reactors and not just the one on Zaporozhnia and part of what Putin talked about last night in his speech is they're going to hold uh, 
referenda in some of the parts of Ukraine that had been at one point taken over by the Russians. Some of them, the Russians have all been, already been driven out with the collapse of the Russian army. But Putin is saying they're going to, in the next couple of weeks, hold uh, votes there to give people the chance to vote overwhelmingly to leave Ukraine and join Russia, to become part of Russia. And then he said in his address last night that uh, any Ukrainian move against those portions of their own country that Russia has taken over and that have now voted to be part of Russia, they are part of the territorial integrity of Russia. And he said, with a threat to the territorial integrity of our country to protect Russia and our people, we, of course, will use all the means at our disposal. This is not a bluff. Biden responded uh, to that and to more as in a forceful speech at the U.N. this morning and a generally well-received speech for a Biden speech. Here is uh, what the president sounded like, clip two. Well, last year, our world has experienced great upheaval. A growing crisis in food insecurity, record heat, floods, and droughts, COVID-19, inflation, and a brutal, needless war. A war chosen by one man, to be very blunt. Let us speak plainly. A permanent member of the United Nations Security Council invaded its neighbor, attempted to erase the sovereign state from the map. Russia has shamelessly violated the core tenets of the United Nations Charter. Okay, uh, the core tenets of the United Nations Charter is you don't invade your neighbor and try to erase it from the map. It doesn't matter who the neighbor is or how much you may dislike them. Remember, Putin's initial justification for the war was he he wanted to see the destruction of the Ukrainian regime of Volodymyr Zelensky, who he accused of being Nazis. And never mind the fact that Zelensky is Jewish and fairly proud of that. But uh, the the idea that this would be acceptable and that the brutality of the Russians in occupying places like Bucha and Izium in, in Ukraine. It's extraordinary. Uh, Biden continued in his speech at the UN this morning. This is 1A. Our allies and partners around the world have stepped up as well. And today, more than 40 countries represented in here have contributed billions of their own money and equipment to help Ukraine defend itself. The United States is also working closely with our allies and partners to impose costs on Russia, to deter attacks against NATO territory, to hold Russia accountable for the atrocities and war crimes. Because if nations can pursue their imperial ambitions without consequences, then we put at risk everything this very institution stands for, everything. Every victory won on the battlefield belongs to the courageous Ukrainian soldiers. But this past year, the world was tested as well. And we did not hesitate. We chose liberty. 
We chose sovereignty. We chose, we chose principles to which every party to the United Nations Charter is beholden. We stood with Ukraine. Okay, and uh, again, uh, that I think will represent one of those aspects of the Biden legacy, if you can call it that, that uh, it's tough to criticize uh, because he's, he's done a pretty decent job of uniting NATO and even some of the more reluctant countries in NATO, including Germany, to uh, uh, provide, and this is something we're going to be talking about with Elliot Cohen, to provide their own weapons and to build more of them uh, in order to arm Ukraine because the survival of that country is going to depend upon continued aid. And uh, here is what Biden, again at the United Nations, uh, speaking very directly about standing in solidarity. Listen, this is 1B. Like you, the United States wants this war to end on just terms, on terms we all signed up for, that you cannot seize a nation's territory by force, that the only country standing in the way of that is Russia. So we, each of us in this body, who's determined to uphold the principles and beliefs we pledge to defend as members of the United Nations, must be clear, firm, and unwavering in our resolve. Ukraine has the same rights that belong to every sovereign nation. We will stand in solidarity with Ukraine. We will stand in solidarity against Russia's aggression, period. Okay, and then finally, he noted uh, that part of uh, his speech was a reaction to what Putin said last night about holding the sham referendum in uh, Luhansk and in Donetsk and, uh, and Zaporozhia, which is uh, where that one of those reactors is. We will get to that. Also, what are the new charges against Trump? And really, uh, people are believing he may have to pay up uh, with tremendous fines. We'll get to that as well. Coming up on the MedVet Show. If you're like most Americans, you're pretty much in... And on the Michael Medved show, uh, I know that uh, people believe that uh, my coverage of Russia is uh, very one-sided. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and it's because I think that the current role of Russia in the world is very clearly evil. And no, I don't believe that any of the political parties or any of the political players in America are evil. We're not. Uh, there are people who are wrong, who are dead wrong, who ought to be criticized for it. But uh, Vladimir Putin and what he has done to civilians, to entire cities, it, it, it's profoundly evil. How do you justify it? How, how do you justify this war which is a, a war, as President Biden said this morning, 
to erase Ukraine from the map, to take it over. What What is Russia's right? Uh, on what basis do they claim that they should uh, be have the power to govern Ukraine or to govern the Ukrainian population. Yes, there are some Russian speakers and there are some pro-Russian people who live in areas of Ukraine, but it's not a major portion of the population. The population is overwhelmingly Ukrainian. And going back to the early 1700s, there have been attempts by Russia to outlaw the Ukrainian language to ban all books published in Ukrainian. And they have had this desire to wipe these people out for a very long time. You call it genocide, usually. And thank God it hasn't reached that level. Uh, but the, the number of deaths and the tortured bodies that they have unearthed now in Izium, where the, the butchery seems to include at least 500 civilians who were severely tortured and killed. This is going on in our time and going on in our time now. Now, I introduce this because if you have another view and you think that, uh, well, really, Russia has a perfect right to, to do what they're doing, to call up another 300,000 human beings to try to put them forward as cannon fodder in a continuation of this war. If there is even a little part of you that believes that this is a, uh, a closely balanced judgment for the United States and for the world, give us a call. And I'll give you a chance to talk. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. This is one of the clearest examples of good versus evil in uh, in our time certainly since world war ii it's it's astonishing and uh, the fact that there are some american spokespeople journalists others who uh toe the putin line uh, especially within threatening nuclear war in other words he would rather use nuclear weapons to murder how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. He would rather use those tactical nuclear weapons than uh, give Ukraine its sovereignty and recognition of that sovereignty. One of the things that a lot of the opinion pieces are saying now is that with uh, Ukraine's successful demonstration of its vibrant sovereignty and independence right now, that uh, one of the demands that uh, Putin has made is that Ukraine should never, ever, ever join NATO or join the European Union. You can't say that when people do want to make sure that there's not another invasion of Ukraine by another Russian madman, or maybe the same one, a few years from now. Here uh, was Biden again at the United Nations this morning talking about the latest information from Putin's speech last night. Listen. Again, just today, President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. Now, Russia is calling 
calling up more soldiers to join the fight. And the Kremlin is organizing a sham referendum to try to annex parts of Ukraine, an extremely <clears throat> significant violation of the UN Charter. This world should see these outrageous acts for what they are. Putin claims he had to act because Russia was threatened. But no one threatened Russia. And no one other than Russia sought conflict. In fact, we warned it was coming. And with many of you, we worked to try to avert it. Okay, you may remember that. That's true. One of the things that Biden did that uh, uh, a number of people are very critical of was uh, constantly, constantly saying the invasion is coming, the invasion is coming, the invasion is coming. There's a Russian politician, former head of the Communist Party, the old Communist Party, a guy who thought that Joe Stalin was just great. His name was Zhirinovsky. He, he just died. But he had predicted, uh, about a year before the invasion, he had even predicted the date. He had said that um, we know that Vladimir Vladimirovich is going to do the right thing and invade Ukraine. It, it, put yourself in the position of, of a Russian. Alexei Navalny, the leader of the opposition who is uh, serving an 11-year jail term and totally trumped up charges, he has spoken about the deepening evil of this war with this claim that they're going to call up uh, 300,000 more reservists and extend the slaughter. Uh, the entire situation is dire and the only good aspect of it is the unity of the Western Alliance and in fact uh, even the the disapproving comments that were made by President Xi of China recently when he met with Putin face to face and President Modi of India uh, who spoke very directly and very harshly about the insane and murderous excesses of what Putin is doing. Uh, now, the idea of going from Putin to the latest uh, threat, legal threat, to President Trump, first of all, it's not a threat to President Trump. There's nothing about the new lawsuit from, first of all, everyone knew it was coming. It's sort of like the invasion of Ukraine, not to compare the Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, to Vladimir Putin. But uh, it's not a secret. She's been investigating President Trump. She's gotten uh, a guilty pleas, uh, which are going to amount to a significant time in prison for, uh, for uh, Weissenberg, who was the financial chief financial officer of the Trump organization he's pleaded guilty for a bunch of the crimes that uh, she is now accusing uh, Trump and his children of perpetrating the um, the lawsuit was filed in the New York State Supreme Court against Trump uh, the Trump organization Eric Trump Donald Trump jr. Ivanka Trump the Donald J Trump revocable trust and other Trump businesses and associates. Letitia James, the Attorney General of the State of New York, sued the former president. 
and his children for fraud in state court, the culmination of a years-long civil investigation into the Trump Organization's financial dealings that uh, won't land Trump in prison, but it could uh, result in harsh financial penalties. Does it make sense for him to settle these charges before he runs for president? Or is he still planning to run? We will get to that and much more coming up on The Medved Show. This is The Michael Medved Show. And on The Michael Medved Show, Letitia James, who is the elected attorney general of the state of New York, she was running for governor at one point, but she pulled out of that race. Uh, she is going to continue as attorney general. She began her investigation uh, civil investigation in the Trump Organization in March of 2019. That's a long time ago. Uh, I mean, she began the investigation of him when he was still president. And it's not about anything he's done as president of the United States or as a candidate for president or anything he's done politically. It's about fraud. It's about falsely inflating the uh, worth of the Trump organization, the wealth that they had accumulated, and his own personal wealth, in order to get more favorable treatments from banks, etc. Uh, this is what uh, Attorney General Letitia James, she's a Democrat, of course, announced about the new lawsuit that she is filing. This is clip 10. Following a comprehensive three-year investigation by my office, including witnesses, interviews with more than 65 witnesses, and review of millions of documents that were submitted by Mr. Trump and others. I am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself, his family, and his company. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. Okay, uh, this is um, going to go to trial in uh, October. And uh, the this follows up a very serious case that was drawn against the chief financial officer, longtime chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg. He was indicted for tax fraud in July 2021 in connection with this same investigation. He pleaded guilty to the charges against him and took a plea deal, which will result in a five-month prison sentence while the case against the Trump Organization will go to trial in October. It is very unlikely, and this according to anyone who has actually looked at, at this lawsuit, it's very obviously unlikely, that they are going to conclude that the only guilty party in this Trump Organization is not Donald Trump or Donald Jr. or Ivanka or any of the other principals in this organization. Uh, it's only Alan Weisselberg. He was on his own. He clearly wasn't on his own. He was very much a loyalist. And the uh, uh, obviously President Trump denounces this particular legal initiative. 
The uh, uh, Forbes reports that Trump has heavily opposed James' investigation and decried it as being politically motivated. Well, probably is. He sued the AG in federal court last year in an effort to stop her investigation, which he argued was guided solely by political animus and a desire to harass, intimidate, and retaliate against a private citizen who she views as a political opponent. But the case was dismissed, and it was dismissed in May. Uh, it's, it's very obvious that nothing that uh, uh, Trump is accused of doing here is uh, somehow uh, intensified by his service as president. But uh, the question really becomes, uh, uh, Brett Stevens, who is no fan of Donald Trump, says that all of these multiple cases against him, and there's another lawsuit. You remember the woman, E. Jean Carroll, who accused Trump of rape? He is accused of raping her. She claims she has a DNA sample on the dress. Yep, shades of... Clinton and Monica's blue dress. So E. Jean Carroll uh, is suing Trump, launching a new suit. He is suing her, uh, claiming that her charges against him are completely false. Uh, all of this, Brett Stevens of the New York Times says, could be helping Trump. Here is uh, the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, listing off the crimes. Uh, that she is accusing the Trump family and the Trump organization, his business organization, of perpetrating. Uh, listen, clip 11. We show that they violated several state criminal laws, including falsifying business records, issuing false financial statements, insurance fraud, and engaging in a conspiracy to commit each of these state law violations. We believe the conduct alleged in this action also violates federal criminal law, including issuing false statements to financial institutions and bank fraud. Okay, uh, what Brett Stevens says about this, he says, I used to think that all of these legal attacks on Trump uh, would do more, I tend to think, he said, I, that all of these legal attacks on Trump do more to help than to hurt him. He's a Nietzschean figure in that sense. That which does not kill him makes him stronger. Unless he is tried in a courtroom somewhere in the West Village, there's no jury in the United States that's going to hand down a unanimous verdict against Donald Trump. What these potential prosecutions mainly do is to keep him in the spotlight, which is right where he likes to be, with something like the color of martyrdom, at least to his supporters. Uh, Trump, he says, this is Brett Stevens again, is uh, what a friend of mine calls a rage funnel. It's a funnel for a very specific type of rage, the rage of feeling looked down upon. And I don't think that ends until the culture of liberal condescension that people like Hillary Clinton typified turns into a culture of understanding and empathy for Trump voters. Uh, the, the New York Times, again, elsewhere in the New York Times, that was published in the New York Times, I comment by Brett Stevens, to which I'm very sympathetic. They have a full page, a giant full page, 
which is um, uh, laying out the six legal battles putting Trump at growing risk. And they have New York State, that's this one. Uh, Manhattan, the Manhattan uh, District Attorney's Office, now led by Alvin L. Bragg, has looked into some of the same issues as part of a criminal investigation and is about to bring the Trump Organization, the former president's family business, to trial on charges of fraud and tax evasion starting on October 24th at Georgia. Uh, Mr. Trump uh, put himself in possible legal jeopardy in the swing state of Georgia on January 2nd, 2021, when he called Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, and demanded that he, quote, find 11,780 votes, just enough to reserve, reverse the outcome. And then there is Congress. There is the ongoing January 6th investigation, which is now going to be having a lot more cooperation, apparently, from Trump's former legal team. Uh, there is also the Florida classified documents issue, where Trump's attorneys are now saying and confirming they think it is entirely possible he will be indicted, despite the fact that Lindsey Graham and the president himself says there will be riots in the street. Are there any people out there who are prepared to riot, prepared, prepared to repeat uh, January 6th if uh, Trump is indicted for withholding classified documents? The, uh, uh, the uh, special master who was appointed, Judge Deary, uh, to handle that aspect of the many, many, many Trump cases, uh, basically is saying, uh, no, unless President Trump can actually prove that he declassified these documents, then the fact that it said classified, classified, classified all over them and in the folders in which they appeared will, he believes, be dispositive at proving that they were classified and should be considered as such. Now, this is the, uh, this is the jurist, very distinguished guy, apparently, widely respected, accepted by the Justice Department. He, uh, he's the one that the Trump team appointed. So uh, you have all of this, and then it's Congress. The House Committee uh, investigating the Capitol attack of January 6th, composed of seven Democrats and two Republicans, has done more to lay out a possible criminal case against Mr. Trump in the public space than any of the former president's other pursuers. And they will be returning to some of those publicized hearings. So is Brett Stevens right? Could all of this actually help? Trump more than hurt him? We will find out sooner rather than later in this greatest nation on God's green earth.